there's rest. Rest is talked about all throughout the Old Testament. You got to get sleep. You got to take those off days. Like rest was a part of the system of the human experience as ordained by God. He literally made it a day for the Israelites called the Sabbath where we would rest. And it felt the need. He felt the need to record in the creation account that on the seventh day he rested, were made in his image. So there's a rest that we're allowed to have. I believe that it's, it's a blessing, not something that we're forced to do. Hello and welcome to another episode. I am really excited for this one. I've been personally excited for this conversation. This morning I woke up and I had just spoken with our guest yesterday and I'm recording this like intro after I chatted with him and I woke up this morning and I said to my husband, it's so cool that I get to reach out to people that I personally want to talk to and ask them questions that I I want to know because I know that many of the struggles that I have and the pitfalls and just all the things about my life are very similar to your life. And how cool is it that I get to have interesting people on the show that also help my own journey. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that I get to share this work with you and that we get to go on this journey together. I saw Matthew Gay's Instagram a couple of months ago, probably like six months ago now. One of you had sent me his reel. I listened to it and I knew that I needed to have him on. Today's episode is really focused on how our faith plays a role in our health journey and how following Christ is supposed to change us. And I know that for myself personally, as I embarked on this health journey as a Christian, it is very easy for our minds and our flesh really to make idols out of what we're doing for our body. And on the flip side, how to not make it a priority. And that's what I had been doing for quite some time is just going through the flow of things and thinking of my spiritual health, but not thinking about how my spiritual health can influence my physical health. And then also on the flip side of that, starting to notice that I was creating an idol out of how my body was changing and the foods that I was eating. I share this message in the podcast episode, but a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in church and I was calculating out how much protein I had left for the day. And it was then that I realized, okay, I need to take a break from macro tracking because if I can't keep my mind focused right now during a very important time, I'm not prioritizing God in this moment. And why am I doing these things? And so if you are a Christian woman, or even if you're not, even if you are just struggling through understanding your body and your faith, I encourage you to listen to today's episode with an open mind so much of what Matt shares today spoke to my, to me. (laughs) And I know it's going to speak to you too, because we all struggle with similar things. So we're going to be talking about fitness, becoming an idol, sustainable living, and what that looks like being Christ centered. When we're going through certain activities and we're building goals, asking ourselves, does this have anything to do with Jesus? really bridging that gap between serving Christ and caring for our bodies and what that looks like. Then I wanted to go through the common hurdles that we all experience, like those moments where we're waiting for God to act and we're not really sure what to act, or maybe we know what to act on, but we think that we're just going to wait for God and that whole thing, physical limitations, schedule priority issues, movement, all or nothing situations where we say, well, if I can't do my program for 
three weeks, I'm just not going to do it at all. And so we're talking about it all, what our lifestyle should look like as we honor God through our bodies. So our guest today is Matt Gay. He's a certified personal trainer, weight loss specialist, and behavior change coach with over a decade of experience coaching men and women through lasting health transformations. He owns Fit Coach USA and founded Fit Church USA, a nonprofit organization that brings health and fitness programs to churches while sharing the gospel through fitness-based events. His dedication to Christ has poured into his passion for fitness, resulting in many programs and events that have led hundreds towards better health and a deeper faith. You can follow Matt on Instagram, mattgfit underscore, or on TikTok, mattgfit. He also has a website, fitchurchunited.com, and he's graciously gave us his email address. So be very responsible with this, but it's matt at fitcoachus.com. I hope that you were as, or you're going to be as filled up during this episode as I was recording it with Matt yesterday. I hope you really, really enjoy it and jump on Instagram. Let me know what you think at Leanne Vogel. Okay, let's cut over to today's episode. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hey, Matt, how's it going today? It's going really well, although it's kind of cold and nasty out here in Chesapeake, but it's it's good. It's happening. We're doing this all bundled yes, up. God and... is still good. And yeah, life is great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I just um, recorded your like official bio and everyone just heard that. But I like to start off with you just telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do and li- what lights you up. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm a father and a husband. I got two kids, uh, Zion and Mariah, and my wife, Katie. Been singing my whole life. So music run th- runs through my veins. Grew up in Virginia Beach. Uh, before anything, I'm a follower of Christ, man. It's, my life has completely changed. I would say since 2011 is really when I started taking my faith seriously, and that's impacted absolutely everything that I do. So that plays a huge role in just to who I am and my identity. Um, but yeah, I'm a fitness coach and uh, love to be outside in nature. That kind of sums it up, man. I'm kind of simple. I, I treasure simplicity. I treasure authenticity and, you know, being present. I like candles. I love candles. <laughs> As he shows the candle. <laughs> As I show the candle. Yeah. So that's it, man. And so were you a fitness coach before you started taking your faith seriously? 
I was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she just even on my own personal health journey, like it got to the point where like I started off and I was living like a really unhealthy life. Like before I started taking like my health seriously, I was like smoking a half a pack of cigarettes. I was like eating fast food all the time. I had been in a car accident in 2009 that like almost took my ability to walk away. And so I dealt with back pain a lot. And when I started, I had just started working at a gym, giving tours, uh, you know, but I'm like telling people like, you you know, you got to get in shape. And I'm encouraging them to start working out. Mind you, I'm still like doing all the things that I just mentioned, right? So I'm being very hypocritical. Um, so I started working out and whatnot and started seeing some some change. And, and really, I think fitness became like an idol for me, right? Like it was just because I had never tasted that level of confidence. And I had struggled with acceptance for a good portion of my life. So being more socially accepted because I was building some muscle and getting more fit, it definitely changed a lot of things for me. But then after a couple of years of me being in the fitness industry, I, I started to I think just gradually uh, lean into my faith a bit more and take Jesus more seriously. And uh, so the, the two kind of merged for me. But I was, yeah, I would say when I started in the fitness industry, I was not strong in my faith. When I started coaching, which I think was your initial question, I yeah, I had really started to grow strong in my faith. How has your relationship with God shifted your fitness journey? Because you mentioned like fitness was becoming an idol and really using it as that currency for interactions with humans. How has that evolved over time? Yeah. So for me, it was a matter of trying to look a certain way that I could accept myself and that I thought others would accept myself, especially like even as a um, as a coach, like when, though I was strong in my faith, I didn't make the connection between following Christ and living a healthy life. So I was coaching people, but like, I will be honest with you after that first year, I was really heavy into ministry. I started getting very zealous for the Lord, but I was a trainer. So I, after that first year of training, I quit and was like, I'm going to do full-time ministry. Cause I was praying, God, give me an opportunity to serve you and make a living doing it. Like I got to pay my bills, but like, I want to just focus on serving you Lord. And I didn't connect faith at fitness and and, and ministry at all. So it took a while for me to make that connection between my health, my personal health journey, let alone my helping my clients with it, but my personal health journey and my faith. Once I did, I realized that the idolatry towards fitness and that really that that the motive behind why I was doing what I was doing started to shift dramatically. I stopped trying to fill a, a void in a sense with fitness and with the way that I looked. I actually stopped trying a bunch of different like this and that diets and tricks and stuff like that and, and started to get serious as to where God wanted me to be and what he actually wanted me to be doing. So it really helped me to simplify the way that I approach health and fitness it helped me to make it more meaningful. And honestly, just because why I was doing it was something that actually was connected to things that mattered to me in my life rather than things that I was telling myself mattered to me. And it obviously then it, it allowed me to be able to impact and encourage others that were kind of walking alongside me on my health journey and others that I was you know called to impact. Um, it allowed me to you know point them there genuinely so that I could, you know, I was pointing them now towards Christ and better health simultaneously rather than just trying to get into their clothes that they <laughs> that they had grown out of. <laughs> totally. So it sounds like previously there was this void that you were trying to fill by eating a certain way, moving a certain way, looking a certain way. 
And the motive was all wrong to that. It wasn't glorifying God and was, it sounds like, and I can relate to that too, not simple of all the rules and the details and the this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's nitpicky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. And so there was um, a simplification. What was like the catalyst? Was it, was it like a moment that happened where you were like, wait, this is not working? Or was it a gradual changing where you look back and you were like, wow, so much has changed? Yeah, it was definitely like, yeah, it was gradual, you know, and I would say that like the peak of everything for me, like the peak of like, I think realizing that I I really did value my mental health and enjoyment in life more than a certain physique was when I did a a men's physique show in 2021. That was like a huge, like, I had already started this process of faith inspired fitness, but that for me personally was like the moment where it was like, this is so bad. And after like doing the show, I really struggled with some body dysmorphia. Like I really just struggled with, I mean, I I grew up the chubby kid, right? So getting in shape, you always kind of still look at yourself kind of like the chubby kid, you pick and pick and pick. And you know, everybody's got their reasons for why they may nitpick their bodies. But after doing that show and getting to the point where I could see veins in my abs, and then a couple weeks of normal eating, and that's gone, it was like, oh, shoot, like, so I kind of spiraled. And I, I, I think I realized Shortly after that, I would say a few months after that, like I, I've got to live my life in a way that is is, is sustainable. I've got to, I've got to do the things that I'm telling my teaching my clients to do. And um, yeah, I, I can't say that it was one day that I was like, I'm going to try to treat this whole health and fitness thing in a more God honoring way. It was just gradually I would notice that the way that I was approaching it would stir up a certain emotion. And I'd be like, why do I even feel that way? Or like, why have I been reciting this? Or, you know, why am I even doing this? So I think I just started getting real with myself. And it was like, bro, like, (laughs) is there like, what's the actual reason that you want a six pack, man? Like, what's what's the actual reason that you feel like you need to track your food? Like, what what are you actually trying to accomplish? Does it have anything to do with Jesus? Or is it, you know, is it just things that you think you need? And uh, after, I guess, I would say months of asking myself those types of questions, I just kind of gradually formulated this, this new truth for myself, which was, I just need to live a healthy life. And do as much as I need to in order to accomplish that. Now there's some extras, right? Like if I if I want to lift heavy and push myself in the gym, or if I desire that I'm not going to have the glass of wine or whatever it is that I might allow myself to have every week, whatever it may be, because I'm I'm pursuing I don't know a greater level of fitness. I just need to check my heart. I need to check my intentions with that. There's nothing wrong with like trying to improve on your mile time or getting stronger, building muscle. But like, just like how you could do a bicep curl and be using shoulders and everything else, right? You could be doing a bent over barbell row and be using biceps and everything else rather than using the muscle that you're supposed to. You could be trying to get into better shape and, and pursuing better health and all that stuff like that. But the, the reasoning behind it is way off. And so for me, it's like, I'm still trying to be the best version of myself, still trying to operate in excellence, right? in everything that I do, including on my health journey. But now the reason is I want people to see the goodness and fullness of God in my life. I don't want them necessarily to see me and accept me more. I want, I, I want to display the goodness of God and the strength and the discipline of a man of God in every aspect of my life. And that just includes my health journey so that the intention changes. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I've been tracking macros here for about a year as I learned to train and all the things. And I felt like it was a really good tool as I was learning how to eat differently and care for myself differently. But I remember sitting in church a couple of weeks ago 
And I was calculating my macros in my mind when I should have been paying attention to the sermon. Wow. And I yeah. realized I'd been doing it. And I then I realized I'd actually been doing it for a couple of weeks. And I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Jesus. This is yeah, yeah. like, what? Okay, I need to stop tracking. I need to take some time off. A little break. Yep. <laughs> to just I, I put that on the shelf. I've learned what I need to learn. I have some good foundations. I need to put that aside because... I cannot be sitting here thinking about how much protein I had and how much fiber I have left for the day. Like <laughs> you can start to obsess over it. You really can. And then you, like I said, you just kind of go back to like, what, what am I, what am I trying to accomplish here? Like in the grand scheme of everything that matters deeply to me in my life. And in the grand scheme of all the things that matter to God regarding my life, why am I focused so much on this one thing? Like it makes no sense when I think about the things that really matter. This doesn't like, this doesn't even connect with them. Like not even all. like. Yeah, it just, it's, yeah, it's, it's wide left. <laughs> yes. Well, it's our flesh, right? It's that thing that we can control pride and it life. feeds into our ego and yep, yes, yep. that the pride situation. So how do you see yourself personally, or even encourage your clients to see our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit, like wanting to care for them, but not wanting to make this flesh suit like an idol and the whole six pack like how do you how do you regulate that in yourself and, and how do you it might be a loaded question any tips on that for women that might be struggling with that balance yeah for sure well my question would be first and foremost like and this is a pretty obvious question but who are you doing it for so like when i ask that question again it's pretty it, it seems almost cliche like in, in this in this topic but you think about your kids you think about the people that you've been called to impact you think about your spouse you think about your coworkers whatever it is um, you think about yourself, right? You think about God. Who are you doing it for? The Bible tells us that whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, do it for the glory of God, right? And then First Corinthians 6, you know, 19 through 20, right? Like he tells us our, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So at the foundation of everything that we do, and this doesn't just apply to health and fitness, at the at the foundation, there's needs, there needs to be this understanding and this acceptance that we belong to him first and foremost, right? We are his. We've been bought with a price. So when it comes to me taking care of my body, it's no longer just about me trying to hit a certain number on the scale. This is a matter of stewardship. I'm stewarding something that doesn't actually belong to me. I'm borrowing it for a while while I'm here. But this is this is honestly, it is it is God's. That's the foundation right there. I, I, I'm doing this first and foremost for him. Now from there, right? So we think of this cross-shaped relationship that we we have in the world where we it starts with this relationship with God and from there it touches and reaches the people around us. So now that my basis, my foundation is rooted in Christ and in, and, and I'm doing this for God first, now, because I'm consistent in what I'm doing, it's affecting the people around me. A lot of folks lose their motivation. They lose their sense of purpose when it comes to the day-to-day -day habits that come with a healthy lifestyle because they're doing it for reasons that are far off or that just really don't hold much substance in them, right? Like looking a certain way, weighing a certain amount doesn't really hold much substance, especially not in the moment because that's something down the road. And that may or may not provide you with what you think that you need. But all, along the journey, God provides. Along the journey, he's, he's being the source that you need, regardless of what the circumstance or obstacle may be. So if I'm doing the workout in the morning because I'm desiring to honor God and I want to commune with him in that time, right? I'm listening 
listening to worship music, I'm praying, I'm disciplining my body, then when I don't feel like getting up, I'm still going to get up, right? Because now, I I say this all the time, Christians are built different, man. Like when you are born again, there's something that's changed inside of you. You're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come, right? So there's a connection, a serious connection between you and your creator, you and, and your redeemer. And so the suffering that we endure, right, it means a lot more when it's not just for the sake of, you know, the genes, but it's for the sake of Jesus, <laughs> right? It means so much more you're willing to put in that work. So the commitment, I think, is to answer your question, I encourage them through making the commitment to God first. Don't commit this thing to yourself. Certainly don't commit it solely to the results, right? Which is, that's the temptation, right? Like I'm doing this because I want X result. That's the selling point. That's the focus point is I'm trying to get to B. I'm at A right now. The only reason I'm going to get in this vehicle and go anywhere is because I'm trying to get to B. Okay, cool. But why are you even trying to get to B? Cool. If that's not God, we need to re- we, we need to reassess. So what does that look like lived out? Maybe it would be helpful if you could take us through kind of like what your day looks like. It sounds like your wife too has been doing like a lot of movement stuff. Like Absolutely. what does your day look like that would maybe look different than somebody that's going to the gym and eating a certain way and tracking the macros and stuff and having that direction using their flesh and, and pride and everything that we talked about. Can you kind of take us through what your day looks like so we can kind of get a sense of how this maybe looks different than what we're doing? Yeah. And I can't say that it looks tremendously different, but I will say my day starts off. I wake up, you know, hygiene, obviously, but then I I go downstairs, I light a candle, I pray, um, and just spend some time with the Lord, just kind of pouring out and worshiping. And then I do my Bible time, my Bible, Bible study. Um, usually after I'm finished, when I'm finishing up with that, my wife comes downstairs. She wakes up after <laughs> me. I usually have to wake her up, right? Um, but she's coming downstairs and we get going. We go to the gym, crush the gym. We do cardio. We do weights head back home and um, have like our post-workout meal. Usually for for me, so the, the, the eating strategy that I tend to use is derived from the plate method, right? So portion of your plate, having vegetables, a portion, having high fiber carbohydrates, portion of that being protein. So I've done calorie tracking and macronutrient tracking. And we, for, for shorter periods of time, even within our program, we'll have people use that for the sake, sake of just collecting that data and awareness and learning and whatnot. And then from there, we, sh- we gradually shift them over to the plate method where they're not weighing food. They're not tracking calories and micronutrients. They're using meal frequency and plate structures and the quality of their food as the basis for which they, you know, they make their nutritional decisions. So I tend to use that approach. So throughout the day, it's just lots of fruits and vegetables. It's protein in every single meal. Um, I typically will have about four meals per day, stay heavy on the water just all throughout the day. And that's it. So when it comes to like, and obviously I've got my work and then time with the family, we do Bible time at night with the kids and and whatnot. But um, just me mapping that out, it, it probably doesn't sound super different from a lot of folks that are just, you know, that are doing it for the sake of trying to lose weight or whatever it may be. I will say that when I like, when I'm doing cardio, a lot of the times I'm listening to a book that is drawing me closer to the Lord or a video or something like that, a sermon, a podcast, whatever it may be. Same thing at night. If I do some cardio at night, I'm just walking on my walking pad because I, I work from home and need more movement throughout the day. 
Um, it's something that's drawing me closer to the Lord. Uh, when I'm, when I'm working out, I'm listening to worship music. I'm listening to Christian rap or Christian rock or whatever it may be, maybe a book or whatever it is. My wife thinks I'm crazy that I can work out and listen to books, but I, <laughs> I cannot do that. <laughs> I'm like, if it's a good enough book, I don't care, man. Like my body is moving and I might, I might like take out the headphone and, and push, put, push out a, a, a tough set, but, uh, yeah. Or halfway through the, the workout, I'll say, okay, I'm getting tired. I need music. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's good enough, I'll like want to like go as long as I can listen to it. But, you know, while I'm doing what I'm doing to take care of my body, I'm also doing things in the background that are, that are, that are that's keeping me focused on Christ. So I think that's how I integrate my faith into my health journey. Uh, we're praying before we eat, right? And I tell people, like if you are having a habit of like just mindless snacking or whatever it may be, like I encourage you to pray before every meal that you have. And, you know, when you ask God, just, you know, nourish my body and whatnot, like look at what you're about to eat. Like <laughs> think about why it is that you're about to, let's be mindful, right? Like why are you eating right now? Is it for the sake of nutrition? Is does does what does you eating right now have anything to do with the purpose God designed food for? Or are you bored or stressed out or worried or, you know, in some sort of emotional state? Okay, cool. Well, there's other, so there's, there's solutions for that. And it's not food. That's not what it's for. So without going too far off and, and rambling, my health journey on a day to day basis looks pretty simple, pretty basic. I enjoy my workouts. I, I look for the pain. I look for the challenge, progressive overload all the way. I'm really trying to crush it every single time I get there. Let the rage out, <laughs> right? Let the beast out. Um, yeah. So does that answer your question? Does that help you to see kind of how I do things? Yes, totally. I think you, it was really helpful to understand that it looks on the exterior, it looks quote unquote normal, what everyone else would do more simplified probably than what a lot of people are used to when they set goals and those sorts of things like the meal frequency, you know, um, the plate, all the things. But what's different is what's happening inside and only God knows what our internal life looks like in that regard. And so it's really a heart position toward the Lord in what you're doing. I know for the first couple of months when I was working out, I was just listening to whatever music. And then for whatever reason, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try listening to some worship music and see how it goes. And not even thinking, my HRV over the next week increased by 20 points consistently following a recovery, like the next day, listening to worship music while I was working out. And that wasn't my motivation <laughs> at all, but it was incredible to see just how my body was recovering from workouts, not listening to just garbage trash music, focusing on the Lord and being really intentional with that time. It, it physically changed how my body was responding to the workouts. And I found that to be so interesting. Yeah, it really is. I think it's, it's a, it's a missed opportunity when we like, the, the think about the concept of nutrition, right? Just for a second, like food. This was God's idea, man. Before he made mankind, before he created us out of the dirt, he generated food, right? Vegetation, fruits, vegetables, all these different things, right? So he's thinking of mankind. He's making mankind's provisions before he makes mankind. He knows what's coming. So then after that, he makes mankind and he says, Hey, look, like, see all, the, like he puts them in the garden. He, he has them examine the garden. He says, All this vegetation I've given to you as, as food. 
And so we think about, you know, the, the pineapple and the, and the, the grape or the, the carrot, whatever it may be, the colors that come with fruits and vegetables, the textures, the flavors, the nutritional properties, the healing properties, the smells, the, the, the shapes. God was thinking about us when he did all of that. That's his vision. That's, that's a, that's a part of him, right? That's him communicating with God. And so when we eat what he created, it's an opportunity to commune with God. You're eating his vision, right? Like you're consuming something he designed just for you and for me. So through daily movement, we thank God for the activity of our limbs. The fact that you can squat or push or run or do whatever it is that you do, that's a blessing. And it's an exercising of the blessing that God has given you, not just taking it for granted, but saying, God, I'm going to offer this thing back to you by using it well and stewarding it well. I know that if I don't move often and if I don't eat foods that you create primarily in my, you know, for my diet, if I look at the, the, the outcomes of that, it's we're sicker, right? We don't have as much energy. We develop illnesses, honestly, right? If you live the lifestyle too long, right? So we can see God's will in the, the response or the results of certain lifestyles. Similarly, when you're eating healthy, when you're moving and whatnot, man, it, it really just blesses your life and it, it causes you to thrive. Yes, completely. And I think that goes so well into my next question that I kind of wanted to touch on is defining what a healthy lifestyle looks like according to God. And we've talked about this a little bit and highlighted a couple of pieces like that simplification, you know, checking your heart on things and who you're doing it for. You just touched on the variety of different fruits and vegetables and those sorts of things and movement. Are there other pieces that you feel like are essential to a quote unquote healthy life lifestyle according to the Bible? 100%. I mean, when we Let's just talk about like emotions for a second and how we respond to them. A lot of us will kind of like either like, you know, you kind of let them build up inside of you. Uh, maybe you let worry just kind of spiral on and, you know, take you out of character and, and stress you out and, you know, mess with you. But these things, you have a hormonal response to stress, right? Like your body responds to stress, right? So even in that regard, to cast your cares upon him, knowing that he cares for you, to be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God so that the peace of him, the surpass, you know, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding can guard your heart. So there's the, how do you manage stress element of a healthy lifestyle that is addressed in the word of God, right? Not worry, have, have no worries for tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow's got worries of its own, right? Like, Focusing on today, know God has you uh, covered. Trust in Him. So there's the, there's that part, and stress management is, I think, one of the most overlooked elements of a healthy lifestyle. Right? It's it's do the cardio, it's eat the food, it's lift the weights, it's do all this stuff. Mind all the while, people are a wrecks, right? Because of work and lack of sleep and too much scrolling and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, why am I not changing? I'm, I'm, I'm exercising and I'm in a caloric deficit and all this. And it's like, but <laughs> you're stressed, man, like really stressed. And you have a response to that that can keep you from seeing results. So there's that part. There's rest. Rest is talked about all throughout the Old Testament. You got to get sleep. You got to take those off days. Like rest was a part of the system of the human experience as ordained by God. He literally made it a day for the Israelites called the Sabbath where we would rest. And it felt the need. He felt the need to record in the creation account that on the seventh day he rested. We're made in his image. So there's a rest that we're allowed to have. I believe that it's it's a blessing, not something that we're forced to do. But with the busy lives that we live, it's like, 
if somebody says you've got to not work or you've got to take an off day or whatever it may be, sometimes it, it feels like, I don't know, say, for example, you get sick, right? Well, I don't think anybody gets mad about having an off day, but when we're not able to do as much as we want to be able to do, it feels like we're benched. Sometimes, though, God's benching you. Sometimes you need to slow down. You need to chill. You need to, like, check in with yourself. You haven't, like, thought about what you're thinking about for weeks, like <laughs> – right? So rest is super important. We have many of us, two legs, two arms, we should be using them, right? The body is referenced all throughout scripture. And there's so much walking that takes place as we read, uh, read scripture. Now we have cars and we have, you know, different uh, vehicles and, and, and means of transportation. And as, as technology increases, I'm sure we'll find more and more ways to not have to use our two legs. But if we get back to the basics, if we get back to God's original intention, these two things under our waist, those were the, those, these, our legs were like the, the primary source of transportation. It's how we got around, right? We used our hands, we used our feet. So you need to be exercising on a daily basis. I think walking is something that everybody can do. If you don't have that ability, use your arms, right? Maybe if you're wheelchair, uh, you know, bound, then you can use your arms, figure out a way. And we see people doing that online and it's super inspiring. Um, figure if you can't use your arms and your legs, move your head, man, like do what, do what you can, right. But move. And I know maybe some of you are listening, maybe saying, I don't really like to work out though. Like I don't mind the nutritional piece, but I don't like working out. The only reason we have to work out, uh, and this applies to most of us is because our lives don't naturally give us that movement that we, our bodies need, but we were designed to move, right? So like, if you're not a construction worker, you're not, you know, a waitress, you're not moving around and, and lifting and pulling and doing the things that come with a life that isn't, you know, inundated with technology and, and sedentary, you know, lifestyle habits, then you gotta, you gotta simulate that. If not, then, you know, you, there's kind of a, a negative effect on the body. So it's, again, if you kind of simplify it, it's, it's walking, it's, it's lifting and moving, you know, your body around. It's eating the foods that God created in, in variety and primarily um, animal products as well, too. We look at Genesis 9, 3, he gives everything, not just the vegetation. So it's all there. It's rest, it's water intake, it's, you know, it's stress management. That's what it really comes down to. Yes, I could agree with you more. Hey, you, I have been working on a life project that I cannot wait to share with you. It has been a year and a half in the making. Kevin and I have been busting our tails, making it all work. And oh, man, we're, we're in the home stretch. I'm trying to prioritize my sleep. I am really focusing on my self-care routine in addition to just responsibilities. You know how it goes. And when we're really stressed out, we are burning through magnesium, burning through it. And so if your new year is like mine with deadlines and coordinating things, you need magnesium. Magnesium is responsible for over 300 body reactions and magnesium breakthrough is the only magnesium formula that delivers all seven different forms of magnesium, each with its unique benefits. I started taking magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers probably about two years ago now, and it is the staple in my supplement cabinet, in addition to a couple of others that we've covered on the podcast in the past. So 
I'm taking magnesium breakthrough specifically for this crazy time in my life. And if you are just trying to balance your life demands too, I suggest you give it a try. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash keto diet and use the code keto diet one zero for 10% off. Again, that's buy optimizers.com slash keto diet with the code keto diet one zero for 10% off your order. I want to talk a little bit about the hurdles that may come up as we are doing all the things, you know, um, we spent the last 30 minutes kind of going through the how to diagnose kind of what's going on with your body and some actions that we can do according to the Bible to take care of ourselves well. Um, But there's there are hurdles that we go through. You touched on a little bit of the emotional aspect. I think oftentimes too, when individuals are listening to this and they're feeling like, I know that I need to do something. Oftentimes it's a waiting for God to do the action versus like steps we can take to kind of like move the needle forward. Any thoughts that you have on that conundrum that many believers kind of go through? Yeah, man, like faith and works, right? Like they got to go together. So you can trust God for things. But like, I actually made a post about this the other day, and somebody said it really well. Um, I, I can't quote them like verbatim. But essentially, it's along the lines of like, do do what you can, and leave what you can't to God, like pray about what you can't do, what you can't control. We do the possible God can God does the impossible, right? But at the end of the day, yeah, you can you can trust God and you should remain you should remain faithful because I think that's a part of committing this part of your life to the Lord. But you absolutely have to do what you can do. Like he who's faithful with little will be trusted with much, right? And so whatever measure of health God has allotted to you, you may have an autoimmune disease, you may have Hashimoto's, you may have, you know, PCOS, you may have I don't know. You, you, I don't, there's so many issues that people are struggling with right now. You know what I mean? And, and I have always been struggling with, right? There's lots of issues out there that could cause somebody to say, but I can't, but I can't. And I don't because of this or that. What measure of health has God given you? Can we, can we stop focusing on what we don't have and just steward that? Trusting, here's the faith part, that if you are faithful with what God has given you, that he can increase that and that he will increase that. Right? But if you're, if you're going to take the measure of health that God has given you, only focus on what you don't have and use that as a reason to not even steward well what you do have. You can't expect for it to get any better, right? It's through stewarding what you do have. So, you know, the faith part is, is critical. And I think the faith part shows up, especially like when you're not seeing maybe the scale move as, as quickly as you want to, or, you know, uh, you're not sure if what you're doing is paying off as much as you wanted to. And a lot of that just comes from like expectations that are not necessarily based on truth, but just we want stuff happen fast. But, um, you know, it comes through in that part, the faith uh, comes through in just the daily commitment because it is hard, right? Like we have jobs and kids and things don't always go the way that we planned and we get sick and we go on vacation and the weekends and, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's all kinds of stuff that happens as, as she says, all, all, as you say, all the things, right? But it's it's in the day to day grind that that faith really shines through because when when your commitment is not to anything strong, you will fall off quick. When your commitment is is to a strong source, when you're standing on a solid rock, when the wind blows, you tend to find a way to get through, even if it ain't pretty. You keep going, right? Because the cost of of giving up is 
or or just let you know throwing up your hands is way more when who you're doing it for and the reasons that you're doing it for mean so much to you. If you were to not go to work next week all week without telling your boss if you have a boss, you would probably have a pretty big consequence to pay, right, for that. So we get up and regardless of whether we feel like it or not, we get up and we go to work. Shoot, sometimes you're sick. You still go. Got all kinds of issues. Things happening, dog died, whatever it may be. You still go to work. Why? Because the cost of not going, I need to be able to pay my bills. Like, so you've attached that task to something that matters deeply to you. And therefore there's a large cost to it. The same has to apply. If you haven't made that connection on your health journey, then you're going to find it's easier for you to, you know, kind of fall off. So the faith part comes through in the commitment and that then shines through on the various tasks. And it's a case by case basis. Obviously we can't map out all the ways that that looks, but uh, that's, that's where it shines. I think where this applies, like just off the top of my head, the scheduling part of things, like you mentioned, holidays and health issues that come up, you know, um, over the last couple of months, my adrenals have been a little bit haywire because we're moving. There's a lot of change. And instead of pushing myself through that and being like, no, you still need to do your five to six days a week at the gym. I'm like, I'm going to tone it down to four during the season. So I don't push myself. And I know that I can commit to that. And then when the season is over, then I can reassess and move forward. Whereas if I had this all or nothing mentality, it would be like, well, I'll just do it when I get back. And then everything calls falls apart. And so I think those pieces can apply too of the all or nothing mentality, the scheduling, making it a priority, those day to day things that we go through. Can we talk a little bit, we mentioned it a tiny bit ago, just when you're looking down at the food that you've made for yourself, or maybe you're out and you're thinking, you know, is this the food that God intended me to eat? And am I in the right headspace to be eating these things? I know that we go through highs and lows of emotion and sometimes we're eating food that we know that we probably shouldn't eat because we know it's not going to make us feel good. We know that in some cases we're sensitive to gluten or dairy and we choose to eat those things. Anyway, how do we navigate the emotion side of things. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I think the, the most effective thing that you can do, there's so many different techniques out there, right? Like if you're about to, you know, eat out of emotion, you could, you know, grab two ice cubes and, and deep breathe, or you could stick a step outside. You could turn on mute. There's all kinds of ways that you could navigate like the, the food piece, um, especially when you have a habit of eating out of emotion. But I think the best thing that you could do is just stop and pause. If you can manage to do that, like before you go grab, before you go take a bite of something, before you reach your hand in the bag or whatever it may be, pause for a second and ask yourself the question, why am I eating this? Like what, what's the actual purpose? And, and sometimes the answer is, uh, cause I want it. Okay, cool. But like, are you about to have, like, do you, do I, the, the follow-up question then is, is this what my body needs right now? Eh, sometimes it's like, well, I want it, but it's not what my body needs right now. Cool. Am I able to provide what my body needs right now? Like, can I, can I, do I have access to what my body needs right now? If no, then realistically, if you need something, if you need to eat something, but you don't have the best thing for your body, you may need to just go ahead and like, you need, you need, you need energy, right? Like, there are those moments, but that's a, usually it's a rare occasion. Usually you have access to what your body actually needs, but because you're hungry or you've waited too, you know, you've waited too long to eat, or you're just used to munching before you eat, or you just want a snack and you're bored, whatever it is, you, you grab things that you really don't need. So stopping and pausing for a second and just getting in the habit of asking yourself a few meaningful questions can really go a long way. And then you'll find too, that you kind of learn about yourself, right? 
because after a while of asking yourself these questions, you, you, after just a, a week of doing this, you start to realize that there's some common question or some common responses that that pop up, and you start to find these triggers, these habits, these rhythms that you're in that may have caused to you gaining the weight that you have or struggling to get into better shape and, you know, really just kind of hone in and on, on a healthy, consistent lifestyle. So uh, it, asking yourself these questions may seem like tedious work on the front end, but if you really want to live a healthy life, and this is something that I, I, I've, I've learned and uh, I'm glad that I did this work with myself as well too, and I continue to do it. It never stops. But if you really want to live a healthy lifestyle, get to know yourself. Really get to know yourself. Open yourself up to hear the hard truths from your own heart. <laughs> Right. Like to think of like do the work of thinking about what you're actually thinking about. Don't just do things and go through the motions and say, I can't help it. You can help it. I mean, nobody, most of us are not possessed. Nobody's got a gun to our head saying, all right, just keep doing the same thing that you've been doing every day, even though, you know, you regret it afterwards and want to be doing better. Right. Most of us have the choice. So ask yourself those tough questions. Get to know yourself better. See what are your triggers? What causes you to, to go to the pantry randomly at the end of the day, even though you know you've already had dinner? Like what, what's causing you to roll over in the morning, despite the fact that you said you were going to consistently work out each day this week, even if it was only for 15 minutes? Like what's making you do that? What's going on? Have you not made a decision yet? Or is there a, a lack of a belief that anything is going to actually produce a result for you? Like, What's going on in your head? And that, there could be all kinds of, you know, underlying, you know, realities that we're wrestling with, but not dealing with on the front end. So we just kind of go through those emotions. But uh, man, you you asked me about looking out at the plate and <laughs> all that, but I'm thinking like you gotta be real with yourself when you start doing that. You start realizing, man, like I really feel good when I eat, and you know, I, I really enjoy uh, good, solid, wholesome food. And and sometimes when I'm looking down at my plate, that's not what I'm getting. And the reason that I'm holding that in my hand is for a reason that I'm not really in support of, you know, but it's doing the work of getting to know yourself and asking yourself those questions in that moment. Just pause and think for a second before you act. Yes. And I, what I'm hearing you say is a lot of numbing out. Like I think a lot of women, especially it's just, I'm feeling all the things. I don't know what they are. Instead of dealing with this, I'm just going to numb out with food. And even though I'm taking this pause, it hurts so much to think about these things. I'm just going to choose this thing because it feels better than not. And I know when I get to that point, like if I'm getting to a point where I'm eating all the things or I'm doing these unhealthy behaviors that I know are not good, it's not a sign of what's happening right now in the moment. It's a sign of what's been happening for days and I have not been paying attention. You haven't dealt with it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, once you feel out of control, I mean, this is where like, a lot of folks that deal with like binge eating, it's a sense of feeling out of control that's led to this. And so I know there's something that I can control and that's this hand to mouth thing that I do, right? Like I, I can go grab something and I can find a quiet space or a semi-quiet space and I can eat until I, I can't eat anymore until it's all gone. And like I accomplished something that was that was my thing for me. And, you know, so absolutely just taking that taking that moment that that is the health journey. Like, and I mean, I encourage everybody like don't just make it a weight. It should never just be your weight loss journey. Like vomit. It, it should never just be that. That's such a you know what I mean? Like that's such a closed and like narrow box. It's just it's 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 man, it, it cuts you short. It, it really does. The health journey is is a, is a journey of of mental health, 
of spiritual health, of physical health, of self-awareness, of self-love, of understanding and growth. That's what the health journey is. And that's why it's so important to prioritize it. Because if you look at it that way, you see how it could affect your parenthood and your job and, you know, the type of neighbor that you are, the type of person that you are, to, you know, the type of Christian that you are. If you're a believer in Christ, like you can see when you make the health journey about those things rather than size or weight or whatever it may be. Oh my gosh. Now there's, 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 there's so much room for growth and, and, and exploration and adventure adventure within myself and within my life. And if you go at it, not uh, in a judgmental way, nitpicking yourself or beating yourself up for not being where you think you should be, but going at it, uh, seeing yourself like Christ would look at you with a sense of, I mean, there's some real potential here. And I want to see what that is. Like God says he loves me. God loves me. God's chosen me. God sees me and, and has numbered every hair on my head. I'm not going to beat myself up for not being perfect. I'm not Jesus Christ. That's why I need Jesus. So it's okay that I've got a lot of room to go. I'm not going to avoid it though. And I'm certainly not going to beat myself up when I see the evidence of the fact that I'm not perfect because that's silly because I know I'm not perfect already. It's not like it's telling me anything new. Let me just embrace the fact that I've got some room to grow and see how I can grow a little bit each day. Completely, completely. Oh my goodness. I remember watching an Instagram reel that you had posted. I think uh, a listener shared your content with me. I can't even remember what the content was about, but I remember hearing it and being like, I need this man on my podcast because I know <laughs> that women need to hear this. We need to hear these truths over and over and over and over and over and over again. And yes, 100%, totally agree with you. Nailed it. I want to spend the last couple of minutes that we have together talking about the practical application for some of these pieces, because you talked about the simplification. We talked a little bit about uh, the plate exercise and meal frequency. Can you just kind of pull together some of your like core things to, to help women understand how they can go about caring for themselves physically in this way, whether it be certain days that we should be lifting, are we, you know, doing a ton of cardio? Is it still eating less? Like, how do we pull all this together into something that's simple, God honoring, not feeding into our prideful stuff? Do you have any tips for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So write this down, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're dying, <laughs> don't write anything. <laughs> Just listen and, and you know, come back and listen to this podcast a second of time when you get home. But we need to have an element of nutrition, a nutritional structure, right? So if we were just to go based off of like a, a very simple strategy, a few meals per day, three meals per day and a snack or two is a great place to start. Each of those meals needs to have some protein in it. Figure it out whether you're vegan or not. doesn't matter. Protein in it and every single meal and snack. We're not snacking on carbohydrates. We're not having like just one macronutrient, like balanced meals and snacks throughout the day, whole food. Okay. Um, still keep that balance. 85, 90% whole food items. You got that 10, 15 to play around with. That's just stuff that you enjoy and it's in moderation, but have a somewhat of a meal schedule. I think that's where a lot of folks go wrong. It's just that we work through the day and you forget to eat or I don't eat breakfast. Or I hear all kinds of stuff, right? Like have a little bit of a schedule for yourself. I'm going to eat at eight o'clock. I'm going to eat at 12. I'm going to eat at four o'clock. I'm going to eat at seven. Like 
have a little bit of a idea, right? Plus or minus 30 minutes on each side, but create a meal plan or a meal structure or a meal schedule for yourself, then plan some healthy meals for each of those times. Okay. Don't, doesn't have to be anything crazy or extravagant. Don't go straight to Pinterest and look for healthy lasagna recipes. Like keep it simple, man. What's a protein source? What a, what's a good carbohydrate source? What's a, you know, good vegetable or fruit source, which is like all of them, right? What's a healthy fat source? <laughs> So that's just the nutritional piece, a little bit of a system, a little bit of a schedule, it take you a long way. And from there, you can assess if you know, if you feel like you're hungrier, and you're only having three meals, well, bump it up and add a snack or you're having th- three meals and a snack, bump it up and have two snacks, like see what's going on there. But start there. When it comes to exercise, there needs to be resistance training and cardio. I mean, resistance training is really good for metabolism and building muscle and hormone balance. And obviously, everyday functionality within your body strength, bone density, like come on now, like sense of confidence, right? You want to be strong. So spend some time doing some resistance training. My recommendation would be almost like a two to one if you're like really just starting out, right? So two to one ratio when it comes to cardio and resistance training. That means that like, say you spend 20 minutes doing cardio, spend 30 to 40 minutes doing resistance training, right? Because you can also, you're also going to have the non-exercise activity thermogenesis. You're also going to have like just the walking throughout the day, the steps, the moving, the taking the stairs, parking far away from stores, you know, like those things get your calories calories burned and whatnot for those of you who are trying to lose some weight. But cardio plays a role. It's great for mood. It's great for aerobic capacity and just, you know, energy throughout the day. It's good for metabolism and burning extra calories for sure. But like, it's not the answer to all of your problems. It's just one tool in the tool belt. And the the key to a really healthy lifestyle and a real strong fit body is, is using the right tools at the right times and putting them all in there, you know, kind of having a balance with how you use all of your tools. So resistance training and cardio, I would say with, with cardio, that's something that you don't have to recover much from. So you can literally do it seven days a week. Again, some people around the world have to walk 20 miles a day just to get like basic things like water and food. So 20 minutes a day, 15 minutes if you're starting out is is not going to kill you. Bump it up 20, 25, 30 minutes, right? But then also just make sure that you have some time for some resistance training. Starting out, I would maybe just try try to do a bit of a full body split, right? Three days a week or four days a week. You could start with upper body, lower body. Every other day is, you know, you're kind of switching back and forth. Monday, Tuesday, upper body, lower body, and then Thursday, Friday, upper body, and then lower body. So uh, go there for that. Um, rest, you need seven to nine hours of sleep. If you can't get seven to nine hours, get as close to that as you can. If it's six, great, whatever. But prioritize your sleep. Stop scrolling about an hour, hour and a half before bed. Like calm yourself down, do some deep breathing, pray, turn on some worship music, light a candle like me, whatever calms you down, right? Spend some time just calming yourself down, letting your minds go. If you need to write some stuff down for the next day, get it off your head so that you're not just laying down thinking about stuff at night. Like write down what you need to do tomorrow somewhere and let it go. And then, you know, get get some good sleep and prioritize your sleep. Um, aside from that, just, just drink water throughout the day. Try to get a half a gallon, three, three quarters of a gallon per day and uh, spend some time with God every single day. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. You just described my life. <laughs> so I think I'm doing all Pretty right. Good yes. Pretty good life. Yeah. It's a great life. It, it's, yeah, really simple. And it's not, yeah, it's not complex. It's really not complex, but it can feel so complicated as you're like, wanting to get into it. And that's why I think your advice of just like picking away at it, like if you're just starting out, don't do these huge lifting programs. And I see all these newer people in the gym, they're brand new to lifting, and they have these really complicated programs, and they're not sure of their technique. And I just want to tell them, like, just choose three workouts from that and just do that for a couple of weeks and just, just 
simplify it. It's it doesn't need to be all out all at once. Yes, absolutely. I had a client the other day. We were doing a strategy session, and um, she's got like ten people in our house right now, including her. But it's just been all kinds of family coming in, and it's been like that since November. So she's really been. We've been trying to navigate what does this really look like, you know. Um, and so when it came to like the workout portion, we we switched up the workouts to where she could do them at home and use the equipment she had at home. She wasn't have to go anywhere or anything like that. And I was like, look, like I just need you to get through as much of these four workouts as you can and be okay with that. If it is five minutes, that is better than no minutes, right? Like. She's like, and she, same thing with the, with the cardio. She's like, I'm telling myself I've got to do 60 minutes. And if I can't do that, then what's the point? And I'm like, what? Like one, I've never told you, you need to do 60 minutes of cardio. Why don't you just do 20 minutes? And she's like, that's so much more manageable. I'm like, but that's what I told you to do. So like <laughs> full disclaimer, people don't always fully listen to the coach because you can come into a coaching relationship and still have in your mind what you should be doing. Just anyways, you're like, if I do yes. more, I'll get faster results. And it's like, uh-huh. that's not always the case. That's rarely the case. Like more isn't always better, man. Effective, efficient. That's usually better. More doesn't necessarily mean efficient. Doesn't mean effective. So yeah, man, simplify and, and yeah, get to that point where you make it easy for yourself. Build some momentum. Experience some quick wins. Lay a foundation, man. Like get yourself feeling like, all right, like I can do this. This is not so bad. And I, like I told her, why don't we set goals? We sat down and I, we really had to like map it out. And I was like, we're going to set goals that seem like stupid for even setting. Like so easy that you're like, Matt, come on. It's like, all right, well, because again, five minutes of the workout is more than you're doing right now. And I guarantee you, if you're like, it doesn't matter how long or how much, if I can only get one set of one exercise done, he's happy with it. I'm going to do it. That I'm guaranteeing you if you go do that, you're not just going to do one set of an exercise. Like you're going to get more done. When I was writing my book, Fit Church, some days it was like, Matt, write one sentence, just one. Why write one sentence? And, uh, you know, more with 30 minutes later, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> there goes one sentence. So set small goals. Let yourself get the victory. Exactly. So Fit Church, your book, tell us other things that we can, other ways we can connect with you, website, all the things so that people yeah. can. Yeah. So like the website is where you like learn all about like things that we're doing. We're starting fitness ministries all throughout the U.S. We're doing all kinds of things, man. It's, we're having a good time. That's fitchurchunited.com. That is the place to go um, to learn about like coaching and different opportunities and our, our free Facebook group and all kinds of things. There's there's lots there. As far as the book goes, that is the basis of the book is destroying the division between following Christ and living a healthy life. So like if you want to sit down and, and consider what is biblical nutrition, what does healthy living look like when it comes to church implementation? How do we how do we get health and fitness to be a part of American church culture? How do we get it to be a part of our own lives and, and home culture, meaningful movement, spirit-led behavior change? Like these are topics that we're covering in the Fit Church book. The goal of this book is to really make the case that one, that health and fitness needs to be a, part, a standard part of the of the Christian life. But then also we wanted to map out like what does this look like practically, right? Like so we we go into some some serious detail and 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 you know just look at the Bible to see how do we find solutions because we, we're getting so many solutions, quote unquote, from the industry. What does God have to say about the human body? What does God have to say about the way we should be living our lives? And I think through reading the book, you'll find he has a lot more to say than you realized. That's awesome. I will include all of those links in the show notes. So if you guys aren't sure 
sure where to find them. You can look there. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was such a blessing. And it's so cool to see how your desire for ministry, you thought it was going to be something that it ended up not being, but this is, it, it just feels so much like this is where God has you. He wants you and you're, you're so good at, at describing these things. And I know that you've helped many, many women today. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. This was great. I hope you enjoyed our time with Matt. Um, you can find him on Instagram, Matt G fit underscore and on TikTok, Matt G fit. And then also his website, fitchurchunited.com and his email, Matt at fitcoachus.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know by jumping on Instagram or even what's better, which it would be super, super great if you haven't already left a review for the podcast and just let me know what you think about today's episode. I would love to hear how I can better serve you ongoing. Okay, we'll see you back here for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 